We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 692 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. Can someone explain to me how the Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-3? My wife is a massive Steelers fan, so I am forced by marriage to pay attention to the Steelers. Uh, They beat the Tennessee Titans 2016 on Thursday Night Football in a game, by the way, in which Steelers linebacker and former Washington linebacker Cole Holcomb suffered a nasty-looking left injury. That was something. Uh, That was horrible. If you've seen the replay of the injury, his left leg bends backwards. Uh, Oh, All the best to Cole. Uh, But the Steelers now, in this 2023 NFL regular season, are 5-3, and despite having a point differential of minus 30. They have been outscored by 30 points and yet are 5-3. and How about this? The Steelers have been outgained in each of their eight games and yet are 5-3. and The Steelers' offense is brutal. And yet, they are 5-3. and three. And if I sound like a jealous Commanders fan, uh, that's because I am. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The final game as Washington head coach for the man who Rod Rivera succeeded as Washington head coach, Jay Gruden, not counting interim head coach, Bill Callahan, uh, was a 33-7 loss to the New England Patriots at FedEx Field on October 6th. 2019. Could it be, might it be, that Ron's final game as Washington head coach will be a loss to the Pats? The three and five commanders at the two and six Pats this Sunday afternoon at one. Uh, Now, Ron being fired as commander's coach in season does not appear likely, although I am certainly not dismissing that as a possibility. Hey, we just saw the commanders trade both edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young on the same day. Who knows what else might happen in the way of change for our football team before this season is over. Coming up on the show, in-depth Commanders conversation and preview of Commanders at the Pats. Next segment, we'll talk Commanders offense. How will quarterback Sam Howell do in facing the Pats defense? A Pats defense led by the GOAT of NFL head coaches, 
Bill Belichick. Uh, I have a lot for you on Sam and the offense from the pre-practice press conference for assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy early Thursday afternoon. Eric was back to talking at length uh, off him the previous Thursday afternoon, having provided very short answers of the uh, woeful performance of his offense in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in Week 7. Uh, I then will talk commander's defense off what defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio had to say during his pre-practice press conference on Thursday, including Jack on the team's trading of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Jack on if he's surprised that Chase's tenure with Washington did not even last for four full seasons. And Jack on where the commander's defensive line goes from here. Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, F.A. Obata, K.J. Henry, Andre Jones Jr. Get used to hearing those names. Uh, I will present to you rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion, and I'll give you my prediction for commanders at the Pats. Also on the show, Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. I have five Goldilocks for you. Maryland home to number 11 Penn State Saturday afternoon at 3.30. James Madison at Georgia State Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Virginia Tech at number 13 Louisville Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Virginia home to Georgia Tech Saturday afternoon at 2. And Navy at Temple Saturday afternoon at two. And I will talk Capitals. They on Thursday night got shut out by the New York Islanders 3-0 at Capital One Arena despite walloping the Islanders in the puck possession battle. Uh, You will hear the post-game comments of a frustrated Caps head coach Spencer Carberry. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Feedback on the commanders trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young continues to pour in, and the feedback continues to be overwhelmingly positive. Email from Michael King writes, Mike, finally, some forward thinking from this bunch. If it's true that Josh Harris pushed for this, that's really good news for all of us. The house cleaning has begun. Uh, Thank you for the email, Mike. And yeah, NFL insider Diana Rossini of The Athletic has reported that the managing partner, Josh Harris, was a big part of these trades happening. Uh, Email from Thelonious Funk writes, Thelonious, thank you, Josh Harris and company. Finally, the adults in the room made a decision to move this franchise forward toward true competitiveness. Many have been fooled by the top five and top 10 finishes by this defense, playing mostly backups and bad offenses with Four first-round picks on the defensive line. Can you recall a signature game against an elite quarterback? Maybe Montez Sweat versus Dallas, but Dak Prescott is not elite. Another argument for another day. But don't be fooled. The trades of Sweat and Chase Young represent a coaching failure. Con Ron's <laughs> and JDR's failure to get Young to maximize his potential is ultimately a coaching slash scheme issue. The coaching never forced Young to truly diversify his game or repertoire. The coaching never put him in position to take advantage of his truest talents. Young's failure to recognize his own shortcomings became even more evident when his father called into the radio station sounding like every other Chase Young fanboy. I feel like Sweat was a victim of scheme. He was asked to play the run and hopefully sack the quarterback while in route. Sweat was never really unleashed to go after the quarterback. See Preston Smith. Sweat was productive despite his circumstances. He's going to do well going forward. Once Sweat was traded, it was inevitable the team had to trade Young. You can't trade your most productive player, then pay your most overhyped player, who is really a generational cheerleader. (laughs) When, not if, 
They both have great games with their new teams. Washington will be chastised by the media and especially the fans. But it was time for all parties to move on. Sweat needs to get paid. Young needs to be coached. And we need to see progress. And this is the beginning of that. Keep fighting the good fight, Goldie. Well, thank you for that email, Thelonious. Interesting points. You know, how both Montez Sweat and Chase Young do the rest of this season, of course, is going to be fascinating. But, you know, I look at Chase joining a San Francisco 49ers defensive line that already includes edge defender Nick Bosa and interior defensive lineman Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. So there has been a ton of hype for this. Like, wow, Chase Young is joining this already loaded Niners defensive line. And I'm like, yeah, uh, just like he was on a supposedly loaded commander's defensive line, right? So are the results for this supposedly loaded defensive line with Chase going to be a lot better than the results for the previous supposedly loaded defensive line with Chase? Maybe, but I think that we've all learned a valuable lesson with the fail that was Washington's starting defensive line being comprised of four first-round picks. The whole is not always equal to the sum of the parts. And in sports, unit production is not as simple as adding up individual production. Like, think about the NBA. If an NBA team started five guys who the previous season each averaged 30 points per game with different teams, you couldn't just assume that that starting five would average 150 points per game. Like, that's not how sports work. And we have seen this phenomenon uh, with the all first round picks defensive line. Uh, for our football team. Email from Yano, writes Yano, Will Goldie, as the character Mickey from one of your all-time faves, Seinfeld, mine too, once said when confronting Kramer, it's go time. And yes, Goldie, it is go time, as in go get some new players, go off Montez and Chase and find your fortunes elsewhere, go clean house Josh Harris, because you paid $6 billion and can do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for the email, Yano. Uh, Mickey, great character on Seinfeld. Email from Jim D on Commander's Head Coach Ron Rivera. Writes, Jim, your segment on Monday on Ron was so good that I had to listen to the segment twice. My mindset is this. If the Josh Harris group, the hog, as in Harris Ownership Group, has already made up its mind, why wait until the end of the season to make the move. I would say give Eric Bieniemy a sizable trial period to see what he can give us, then evaluate everything at the end of the season. At this point, Ron is wasting the players and the fan base's time being the head coach of this middling and mediocre football program. We have seen enough. I'm interested to hear your take on this. Uh, Thank you for the email, Jim. Yeah, I'm not against firing Ron Rivera in season in order to evaluate Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. Uh, If Josh Harris actually is interested in Eric as a potential head coach. But three things. Number one, what I most want is for Josh to hire someone to run football operations and for that person to select the commander's next head coach. So if you fire Ron in order to evaluate Eric, well, who exactly is doing the evaluating unless Josh in season also hires a new head of football operations. Uh, Number two, while Eric has done some good things this season, I would not say that his overall work has screamed, yeah, this guy should be the next head coach of the team. We need to see more from Eric. And number three, what if Eric doesn't want to be the commander's interim head coach? I mean, think about this from his perspective. He has waited forever to be a head coach at the NFL level. 
Would he want that first opportunity to be as an interim head coach for a team in a lost season? Maybe, but maybe not. I could see him not wanting to be interim head coach. Well, if you are wanting a great fantasy sports experience, get with Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering something special for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. If you sign up now with the promo code Galdi, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. Free money. Uh, I this NFL season and making fantasy football picks for commanders games in terms of underdog fantasies, higher, lower totals for each game. Here are my picks for commanders Patriots. Uh, back on the board is a higher, lower play for a Sam Howell rushing yardage total. These Sam Howell rushing yardage totals have been easy money this season. 13 and a half is the number. Give me Sam having higher than 13 and a half rushing yards and the higher lower total for receiving yards for Pat's running back Ezekiel Elliott. Our old friend, the former Dallas Cowboy, is seven and a half. I'm a big fan of these lower number plays for higher lower totals because all that you need is one big play uh, to go higher. So give me Zeke to have higher than seven and a half receiving yards. So Sam Howell, higher than 13 and a half rushing yards and Ezekiel Elliott, higher than seven and a half receiving yards. And all of this is through Underdog Fantasy. You can join me via a great deal. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And if you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy Promo code GALDI. Hey, if you are looking for an amazing Washington Commanders fan community to be a part of, to placate your burgundy and gold obsession, make bgobsession.com your Washington football fan destination. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. What are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at bgobsession.com, home to your burgundy and gold obsession. The Commanders have lost five of their last six games. Uh, quite the contrast, quite the departure from the team's 2-0 and start to this 2023 NFL regular season. What was Washington's first 2-0 and start to a regular season since 2011? Uh, the 3-5 and Commanders are at the 2-6 and New England Patriots this Sunday afternoon at 1. Next segment, we'll talk Commanders defense right now. Commanders offense. Uh, the Commanders injury report for Thursday listed just four players. Three of them were offensive players. Receiver Curtis Samuel did not practice on Thursday afternoon for a second consecutive day due to a toe injury. So his status for this game at the Pats 
is in question. Uh, the good news is that tight end Logan Thomas on Thursday afternoon was a full participant in practice off on Wednesday afternoon, having been a limited participant in practice due to a heel issue. Also, center slash guard Ricky Stromberg was listed as not practicing on Thursday afternoon for a second consecutive day. This due to a knee injury that he suffered in the commander's last game, the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. Stromberg in the game suffered that knee injury in playing on special teams. He This week has been on crutches. I would not be surprised if he, in the coming days, was placed on the reserve injured list. Uh, as for the Patriots defense. So multiple starters are banged up, but the only starter who did not practice at all on Thursday was interior defensive lineman Devon Godshaw, uh, but that was due to illness. Uh, The commander's offense does have quite the challenge in facing this Patriots defense this Sunday afternoon. The Pats for this regular season through week eight had the following rankings out of 32 NFL teams. Number 12 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Number eight in the NFL in lowest opponents yards per play. Number 12 in the NFL in lowest opponents third down efficiency. Number nine in the NFL in lowest opponents red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Uh, The Pats do not have a defensive coordinator. Their defense is led by their head coach, the great Bill Belichick. Uh, His defensive staff includes two sons. Uh, Brian Belichick is the Pats' safeties coach. Steve Belichick is the Pats' linebackers coach. Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference that started shortly after 12 p.m. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on the test that is facing a Bill Belichick defense. You know what? Every week will be a huge test. But obviously, when you're going against Bill Belichick and his defense, uh, there's always a challenge. These guys are pretty damn good. They do a hell of a job. Uh, they're well-coached staff. Uh, they got some good players. We got to go out and be on top of our game. You know, more than anything, we got to find a way to finish. We got to find a way to make plays when needed. And we got to find a way to finish. Well, finishing would include scoring touchdowns. The Commanders' loss to the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon included quarterback Sam Howell throwing four touchdown passes and throwing for 397 yards. He did have a killer interception. He did have a fumble on a sack strip, but he completed 39 of his 52 pass attempts, and he had three carries for 11 yards, including two fourth-quarter runs for first downs, and he quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7 of 12 on third downs. And he did all of this against an Eagles defense that for this regular season through week seven ranked number 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Commander's head coach Rod Rivera in his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon suggested that Sam just might be a franchise quarterback. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon was asked if he agrees with that assessment. This was Eric's answer. You know what? I think Sam is right where he needs to be. He's making the necessary steps moving forward. We just got to find ways to make sure that we t- continue to take care of business so we can continue with the improvement. Okay, so Eric Bieniemy right there, zero interest in playing Ron Rivera's reindeer games of uh, talking up Sam Howell as a potential franchise quarterback. And you know what? I have no problem with what Eric said. What Ron said on Wednesday afternoon was part of Ron playing the Sam Howell card, which is part of Ron trying to make the job that he's doing look better and is part of Ron trying to appeal to his boss, the owner, managing partner Josh Harris, so as not to get fired. But the last thing that the commander should be doing with Sam is prematurely declaring him anything, okay? 
Our football team, way too often over the last 25 years, has declared things that ended up looking really bad. (laughs) All right. So could Sam be a franchise quarterback? Yes. But it is way too early to say that. And so I was just fine with Eric dodging that question. Uh, Now, that's not to say that Eric on Thursday afternoon did not have good things to say about Sam. Eric did have good things to say about Sam. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on what Sam Howell in the loss to the Eagles did well. Keeping his eyes downfield. I think as a quarterback, when you're keeping your eyes downfield, that helps. On top of that, I thought he was more poised in the pocket. You know, obviously that, that, that has to do with a lot with what the five guys did up front. Uh, I thought he played with more consistency. I, I thought he had more urgency. I thought he had more, he was more of a field general and he was in rhythm. You know, I thought the kid was out there having fun. Uh, obviously, he had the one bad play. You never want to see him have a bad play, but you just love him up and tell him, hey, you know what? We keep it moving. We keep playing because it ain't like we're going to stop uh, playing just because we, we made a mistake. And so I thought he came out and, and, and continued to playing as well as he could play to, to helping us give us a chance to, uh, to have a chance. Yeah, Sam Howell in the loss to the Eagles, taking just one sack was great. I mean, such a welcome sight. And he got sacked just once despite the Eagles for this regular season through Week 7, ranking 11th in the NFL in team sack percentage and ranking tied for third in the NFL in sacks. Uh, Here was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on Sam in the loss to the Eagles, making quick decisions on his dropbacks. Well, I thought he did a heck of a job of just processing the information. Um... Obviously, there's a rhythm when you're calling plays. Uh, I thought we did a heck of a job of just over-communicating clarity as a staff. I thought collectively as an offensive unit, the uh, the communication, the chemistry was there. Uh, I thought Sam just, he just had great w- rhythm. And when you have that rhythm, there isn't any disruptions. Uh, you get an opportunity to just take a snap. Go through your progression, let the ball loose. You know, that's a great feeling. And But when it's all said and done, we got to make sure that that great feeling can last where we can come out victorious. But I thought the kid did a heck of a job. Yes, he did. Uh, Sam Howell's biggest problem has been the sack problem, which certainly has not been all on him. But if the sack problem is lessened, then Sam has a chance to be a really good quarterback. How about this? Sam Howell. For this regular season through week eight for Pro Football Focus was number five among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in passer rating on pass attempts of at least 25 air yards. Number five. He has been one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL this season. If the sack problem is lessened, and that is an if, but if the sack problem is lessened, this guy has a chance to be a really good quarterback. Uh, He also needs to be more consistent. Uh, Sam this season has had some really good games, also has had some really bad games. Uh, Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on how he gets Sam to consistently play at a high level. You know, and and I'll keep saying this as long as we're here, all right? Every day is a new day. Every day I'm still learning who Sam is. Now, the thing that I know of him is that he's a competitor. He hates being wrong. Uh, he auto-corrects. It's very important to him. Um, he takes a tremendous amount of pride in the position that he's in. So 
those are the things that I love and those are the things that I appreciate about him. Now, the unknown is the unknown. He hasn't taken enough snaps to know exactly where he needs to be or where he's going. Obviously, he's still in that growing process. So I'm excited about the steps that he's make. I think that he'll continue making the right steps, but he will have some missteps as well. And we'll be okay with that. Well, a big thing for me with Sam Howell this season is improvement as the season goes on. How much better is Sam in November and December as compared to September and October? Uh, Don't look now, but November has begun. Uh, Halftime of the Commanders game at the Patriots this Sunday afternoon will mark the exact midpoint of the Commanders' 17-game regular season. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on what he wants to see from Sam in the second half of this regular season. More than anything, uh, just his leadership skills taking over. I want to see him and the guys develop that chemistry, whereas we're not adding all the input. It's coming from within. When you have it coming from within, that's when you know those guys are in the right place. So I just want to continue to see him grow as a leader. The, the, the coaching aspect, I mean, we're going to continue to coach all our players the same. But when it's all said and done with, I just want to see Sam continue to grow as a leader. All right, much more from Eric Bieniemy in moments, but the leader in catering in the Washington, D.C. area is Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, one of the things that I especially liked about the commander's offense doing well in the loss to the Eagles was that the offense did well in a game in which the commanders ran a ton (laughs) of passing plays. The commanders in the game, 55 passing plays versus a mere 14 running plays. Think about that ratio, 55 to 14, nearly four passing plays for every one running play. (laughs) Uh, I have never agreed with this idea that the commanders need to have more balance in terms of passing versus running. An offense in a given game should do whatever best suits that offense against the opposing team. So you do want to be able to do both passing and running well. But generally speaking, passing is a lot more efficient than running is and is a lot more productive than running is. And so to see the commanders this past Sunday afternoon do well offensively and against a good defense in that of the Eagles while going with this like truckload of passing plays to me was good. Uh, But it is funny. Eric Bieniemy, star running back at Colorado back in the day, 
then an NFL running back. He was the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs for five seasons, 2013 through 2017, before serving as the team's offensive coordinator for the next five seasons, 2018 through 2022. All of this happening with Andy Reid as Chiefs head coach. And yet Eric is a big time proponent of the pass. The former running back and former running backs coach has sold out <laughs> to the pass. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on his pass-heavy play calling. I, I blame Coach Reed for this. <laughs> but uh, he's always had a saying, if when in doubt, go deep. He learned that from John Madden. But uh, it's not intentional, okay? Uh but we'll continue working the ball and running it. I thought last week the guys did a heck of a job. I still got to become a better play caller and give those guys more opportunities to run. There's a lot of things that I need to continue to work on, just like the players. So as we continue growing together uh, at this stage in the season, we will improve. And I'll say this, that I promise you. Yeah, well, you heard Eric Bieniemy right there display humility regarding himself as a play caller. Eric with the Chiefs called some plays, but Andy Reid was the Chiefs' primary offensive play caller. Here was Eric on Thursday afternoon on being a first-time, full-time play caller in the NFL. Play calling is actually a lot of fun, which I've known for a number of years, but it's all about making sure that you can be creative, on top of that, you get a feel for what the defense is doing, uh, making sure that you can keep your guys one step ahead of what the opponent is uh, is doing. But more than anything, just making sure the overall communication is where it needs to be. So at times, I can't assume that they all know because I didn't spend 10 years with them. I've only spent a few months with them. So I got to make sure that I'm becoming a clearer communicator at times. And then I just got to make sure that I'm growing and making, putting them in the best situations. Because regardless of, of, of what takes place, I'm always going to point the finger right back here, right back at me. Because I always feel I can be better. So those are the things that I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about myself. It's just making sure I'm humbling myself so I can continue to grow and learn and become a better listener and observe. Well, what about the commander's offensive line in the loss to the Eagles? Uh, presumably, we will see the same starting offensive line this Sunday afternoon for the game at the Patriots. The commander's revamped offensive line for the loss to the Eagles featured Chris Paul as the new starting left guard and Tyler Larson as the new starting center with Charles Leno Jr. still at left tackle, Andrew Wiley still at right tackle, and Samuel Cosme still at right guard. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on how the commander's new look offensive line did in the loss to the Eagles. You know what? I thought those guys did a heck of a job. They stepped up. They they played hard. The communication was great. But like I said, <laughs> we played good enough just to entertain folks. We didn't win. So did they play well? Yes. Did we do enough to win? Absolutely not. So now it's about making sure that we can get over the hump of just playing whatever minutes it is of good football, but finding a way to complete it by playing 60 minutes. 
Yeah, you know, I like that Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon made it a point to not just celebrate the offense doing well in the loss to the Eagles, given that the Commanders lost the game. Uh, even though the loss was a lot more about the commander's defense than the loss was about the commander's offense. But that's not a good look when you lose a game and you're patting yourself on the back for what your unit did. So I like that Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon took the tact that he did. Uh, but with the offensive line, so Chris Paul, uh, he had been inactive for each of the commanders for seven games of this regular season. But the commanders last Saturday afternoon announced having placed left guard Sadiq Charles on the reserve injured list due to his uh, problematic calf, which he uh, re-injured in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in Week 7. So Chris Paul, who lost a training camp and preseason competition to Sadiq for the starting left guard job, now is the commander's starting left guard. And Tyler Larson, he and the loss to the Eagles started at center over a benched Nick Gates. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon got asked about the difference between having Chris Paul at left guard as compared to having Sadiq Charles at left guard. This was Eric's answer in which he pivoted toward talking up Tyler Larson. You know what? I don't think it was necessarily just about Chris Paul, which I thought Chris Paul did a good job. I thought having an experienced center in there where those guys could calm the storm. I thought the communication up front was a lot better. Uh, That doesn't knock anybody else. I just thought these guys were in chemistry and in sync together now just because it happened last week we need to make sure that we can reproduce exactly what we did but obviously we need to finish better so when it's all said and done with I want those guys always over communicating and always on the same page and so and that starts with the center so Eric Bieniemy got asked about Chris Paul then quickly went to talking up Tyler Larson and then brought up communication Very notable. Just like Ron Rivera in his day after the game press conference this past Monday afternoon bringing up the protections was very notable. You see, all of this has to do with something that we talked about last week. Uh, We last week in discussing the six sacks of Sam Howell in that loss at the Giants talked about poor protection calls having been a big problem for the commanders in that game. Protection calls can be on a quarterback or on a center. Whether Sam or Nick Gates was to blame for the poor protection calls in the loss at the Giants. We did not know, but it now seems quite clear that Nick Gates uh, was at fault for the poor protection calls. And then one more for you from Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon. His reaction to the big commander's news this week, the team on Tuesday trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Here's what I, and this is what I told our guys. We're right where we are because this is where we put ourselves. At this particular time, what are we going to do about that? We're not going to dwell in pity. We know exactly what we can be. But when it's all said and done, we need to put consistent behavior on tape. And once we start doing that, we'll give ourselves a chance. We will. I promise you. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy, as you surely have figured out by now, has a lot of go-to phrases. One of them is what we just heard. We need to put consistent behavior on tape. Well, for more than 40 years, the law firm of Paulson and Ace has been consistently and successfully advocating for victims and their families. If you have a case, contact 
Paulson and Nace. Founded in 1979, Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. How about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and one. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace with a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandace.com. That's paulsonandace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. All right. Hey, five-star ratings and positive reviews of the podcast help us out a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two. But uh, thank you very much for doing the ratings and the reviews. Uh, let us talk Commander's Defense in preparation for the team's game at the New England Patriots this Sunday afternoon at one, every defensive player on the Commander's active roster practiced on Thursday afternoon. The only guy who was not a full participant in practice was safety Percy Butler. He was a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day, this due to a calf injury. Uh, the Patriots' offense is not good. Uh, the Pats, for this regular season through Week 8, were just a 26th out of 32 NFL teams in total offense per DVOA, were just a 26th out of 32 NFL teams in yards per play, and were just a 25th out of 32 NFL teams in third down efficiency. And the Pats this past Tuesday placed their number one receiver, Kendrick Bourne, on the reserve injured list. And another key Pats receiver, Devontae Parker, he did not practice on Thursday for a second consecutive day due to a concussion. And left tackle, Trent Brown, he did not practice on Thursday for a second consecutive day due to knee and ankle ailments. But you know what? None of this matters if the commander's defense doesn't get its act together. The commanders for this regular season through week eight were just 26 out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA and were just 29th out of 32 NFL teams in lowest opponents' yards per play. The commanders' pass defense this season has been really bad, and the commanders this past Tuesday traded their top two edge defenders, Montez Sweat 
and Chase Young. Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, he on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference. It started shortly before 12 p.m. Before we get to uh, what now for the commander's defense off the trades of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, Jack on Thursday was asked what ultimately went wrong for Chase Young with Washington. This was Jack's answer. Um, I, you know, I, I guess other other people kind of speak to that. I mean, for me, it's like I'm going to focus on the guys that are here. Um, you know, love love Chase, love love Sweat. Uh, wish those guys the best. You know, and that's really all I have to say on it. Yeah, Jack Del Rio, not surprisingly, uh, not interested in saying a whole lot about what ultimately went wrong for Chase Young with Washington. But Jack on Thursday did give us something on if he's surprised that Chase Young's tender with Washington ended up ending just before the end of his fourth NFL season off him, of course, having been taken by the team with the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Here you go. A lot of possibilities uh, to how things can come down. There, There are no guarantees. And um, I'm 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 certain of one thing, and that is, when that pick was selected back then, nobody envisioned that it would go the way it has in terms of you know missed time to injuries and whatever, and then it ultimately ended up being traded. So um, not not exactly what we all kind of were anticipating, but um, look, he's a great young man. Wish him the very best, and um, for us, we're moving on. Yes, you are. Uh, and so the commander's situation at edge defender now has to do primarily with five guys. Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, F.A. Obata, K.J. Henry, and Andre Jones Jr. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on what now for the commander's defensive line? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust as we feel we need to. I think, uh, you know, bottom line is we're, we've, we've played with James and Casey before, uh, F.A., uh, the two young guys will get some opportunities now, uh, Andre and, uh, and KJ. So, um, you know, we're excited to see them compete. I would assume that Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams will be the commander's new starting edge defenders. Going into this season, I would have labeled F.A. Obata as the commander's number three edge defender, but his stock appears to be down. Obata in the 24-16 win at the Atlanta Falcons in week six played on 30% of the commander's defensive snaps in making his 2023 regular season debut. Obata was on the reserve injured list from August 31st to October 14th due to a knee injury. But then Obata for the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in week seven surprisingly was a healthy inactive. And then Obata in the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon, played on just one of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, The commanders initially signed Obata in March 2022 as an unrestricted free agent. They then, this past March, re-signed him as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Casey Tuhill, he in that win at the Falcons, as you may recall, had two second-half sacks. Washington claimed Tuhill off waivers from the Philadelphia Eagles in October 2020. The Eagles took Tuhill in the seventh round of the 2020 NFL Draft out of Stanford. Uh, James Smith-Williams, Washington, took him in the seventh round of the 2020 NFL Draft out of NC State. K.J. Henry, the Commanders took him in the fifth round of the 2023 NFL Draft out of Clemson. And Andre Jones Jr., the Commanders took him in the seventh round of the 2023 Draft out of Louisiana. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on if the trading of Montez Sweat and Chase Young changes anything for the back end. 
of the commander's defense. It doesn't. It doesn't change a lot. Where we, um, you know, as far as like the back end, uh, we'll look at next man up. You guys have seen us deal with injuries, you know, over the last several years. And um, next man up men, mentality is what we take. Uh, we're prepared. The guys that are getting opportunities are excited. The, um, and 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 we'll just approach it like that and go compete. That's that's where it is. I mean, we'll we'll pull together. We'll. Uh, put together a good plan and go out and compete. It's hard to think that things could get worse for the, for the commander's pass defense, but of course things can always get worse. And now that Montez Sweat and Chase Young are gone, yeah, things could get worse. But consider this, opposing teams against the commanders this regular season have 18 touchdown passes versus five interceptions and a yards per pass attempt of 7.5. Uh, now, the Patriots starting quarterback, Mac Jones, does not have such numbers. He, for this regular season through week eight, was just 23rd out of 32 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL and ESPN's total QBR. Uh, Commander's quarterback, Sam Howell, by the way, was 20th. Uh, Mac Jones, for this regular season, has just nine touchdown passes versus eight interceptions and has a yards per pass attempt of 6.31. That is really low. However, Jones has been better lately. Uh, he, in the past 29-25 home win over the Buffalo Bills in Week 7, was very good 25-30 for 272 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, and took just one sack. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on Mac Jones. Uh, he's been a lot better the last two weeks, you know, and um, I think they're, they're gaining confidence. They're working at It's a lot like we are. I mean, I think, I think you, know, you know, the early part of the year hasn't gone how we all would envision or would have liked. Um, but what do you do about it? You go to work, and you come in every day with good attitude and good work ethic and, and prepare, and then you go compete. I, th- I think he's done uh, a good job the last couple of weeks of, of doing just that. Yeah, the Patriots took Mac Jones with the number 15 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. This is a crucial season for Jones. The Pats this offseason will have to decide on the fifth-year option in his rookie contract, uh, just as the Commanders this offseason will have to decide on the fifth-year option in the rookie contract of the man who they took with the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 Draft linebacker Jamin Davis. Here was Jack Del Rio on Thursday on facing an offense with Bill Belichick as its head coach. You're always uh, getting a team that's well-prepared. So um, I think they have tremendous situational awareness. So we're going to need to have that ourselves. Um, they're physical and, um, and well-coached. Bill Belichick in season number 24 as the Patriots head coach. Unreal. Six Super Bowl championships as Pat's head coach. Nine AFC championships as Pat's head coach. Jack Del Rio in his coaching career has spent a lot of time in the AFC, so he knows Bill Belichick well. And in fact, Jack has beaten Bill. January 19th, 2014, the AFC Championship game for the 2013 season, the Denver Broncos, for whom Jack was defensive coordinator, defeated Bill's Patriots 26-16. Well, perhaps Jack this weekend will uh, be thinking fondly of that win over Bill Belichick, uh, just like people think fondly of Manscaped, which has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code GALDI, and get 20% off plus free shipping. 
Manscaped has something special. The most revolutionary personal trimmer the world has ever seen. The brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This will give you the ultimate below the waist grooming experience. Uh, this is a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave that your mind can imagine. Uh, upgrade your grooming game to what we like to call the Ultra Sphere by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code GALDI for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped, high tech for low places. Uh, Manscaped is great. Manscaped products work. They are reliable and they are safe. They reduce the risk of grooming accidents. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra helps to reduce nicks and is one of many great products from Manscaped. Be safe and look great. Whatever your shaving needs, Manscaped has you covered. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code GALDI for 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code GALDI for 20% off plus free shipping. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Well, amazing but true. The Commanders, even with them having lost five of their last six games, even with them being just three and five in this 2023 NFL regular season, are just a game behind the four and four Minnesota Vikings. 
for the NFC's third and final wildcard spot. The Commanders, as they begin their November, are in playoff contention, whether we realize it or not, whether we want them to be or not. The 3-5 and five Commanders at the 2-6 and six New England Patriots this Sunday afternoon at 1. This has been some week for the Manders with them on Tuesday trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And so now, maybe more than ever, we need the time to rhyme. It is that time, the time to rhyme. It is time for rhyming keys. My keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. These rhymes, they are not meant to be good. They are not good, okay? Trust me on that. They're only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment. The worse the rhyme, the better the time. So here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win at the Pats on Sunday afternoon. How do the commanders win this game? Well, we now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one, this for the commander's new look defensive line. Sack Mac. A simple rhyming key, but a most noteworthy rhyming key. Uh, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones He's not having a good season, but he has had some good games, and something that he is doing particularly well is avoiding being sacked. Jones, over eight games this regular season, has taken just 16 sacks, and if you think that the Patriots' offensive line deserves a lot of credit for that, well, the Pats, for this regular season through Week 8, ranked dead last in the NFL in pass block win rate for ESPN based on player tracking data from the NFL's next-gen stats. Uh, Mac Jones, the Daddy Mac, is doing a good job at avoiding the sack. So now we have the commanders, Asans, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young. Can the team adequately pressure quarterbacks moving forward? Well, first of all, the commanders need more from interior defensive linemen Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, including from a pass-rushing standpoint. Those guys, for whatever reasons, have not gotten the scrutiny that Montez and Chase have gotten, even though neither John nor Deron is having the season that each guy is capable of having. But regarding edge defenders Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, and F.A. Obata, these guys have proven themselves to be capable pass rushers. In facing a pass offensive line that has not been good From a pass-blocking standpoint, will the commander's defensive line adequately pressure and sack the Daddy Mac, who again has been good at avoiding the sack? Rhyming key number one, this for the commander's new-look defensive line, sack Mac. Rhyming key for commander's Patriots number two, this is for commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and quarterback Sam Howell. If Jawan is gone... It is on. (laughs) Uh, The Patriots defense is good. Maybe the best player on that defense is linebacker Jawan Bentley, who went to DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland. But he and the Pats last game, the 31-17 loss at the Miami Dolphins last Sunday afternoon, suffered a hamstring injury. Uh, He may not play this Sunday afternoon against the Commanders. And if he does play, he figures to be not at 100%. Uh, The Pats this season have been really good against the run. If the Commanders have offensive success in this game, that success probably will be via the pass. And absent Jawan Bentley or less than 100% Jawan Bentley, 
should open things up in the middle of the field. You know, Sam Howell's very good performance in the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon included a good number of completions in the middle of the field. A lot of success on slants and crossing routes. The Pats this regular season have allowed just 11 touchdown passes and have held opposing teams to a combined yards per pass attempt of just 6.4. Nothing against this Pats defense figures to be easy, but the middle of the field might be exploitable. And so rhyming key number two, this for Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell. If Jawan is gone, it is on. And rhyming key for Commanders Patriots number three, this is for head coach Ron Rivera. Everyone's favorite, Don Ron. <laughs> do not be a worrier. Just do as was done by Steve Spurrier. Bill Belichick as Patriots head coach is 4-1 against Washington in regular season games. The one happened on September 28, 2003, when the Redskins beat the Patriots 2017 at FedEx Field. A Skins team that was head coached by Steve Spurrier and quarterbacked by Patrick Ramsey beat a Pets team that was head coached by Bill Belichick and quarterbacked by Tom Brady. Yes, Spurrier and Ramsey <laughs> beat Belichick and Brady. Brady threw three interceptions. Uh, this ended up being the Pats' last loss in the 2003 season as they won 15 consecutive games the rest of the season, regular season and postseason, and then won six consecutive games to begin the 2004 regular season. The Skins, uh, they finished that 2003 regular season 5-11 and 11 in what uh, ended up being Spurrier's second and final season as Skins head coach. Okay, we wound up 5-11. and 11. Not very good. Yes, 5-11. and 11. Not very good. Ron Rivera not being the commander's head coach next season seems a near certainty, but wouldn't it be something <laughs> if we were able to say that both Steve Spurrier and Ron Rivera in their final seasons as Washington head coaches beat the great Bill Belichick in the regular season. How about that? And so rhyming key number three, this for Ron Rivera, do not be a worrier, just do as was done by Steve Spurrier. All right, <laughs> it is prediction time. The Commanders for Crab Sports plus two and a half. Your guess is as good as mine as to how well the commander's offense does in this game. The offense this season has been so Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I am going to trust and hope and plea that the offense found some things with how it played in that loss to the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. And I am going to at least fathom that the commander's defense could be halfway decent against a Patriots offense that is not good. Give me the Manders plus the two and a half Final score, Commanders 23, Patriots 21. Ron Rivera beats Bill Belichick. And Casey Tuhill has two sacks, including a sack strip. Well, the Commanders in this month of November have just one home game, uh, which is against the New York Giants on November 19th. Uh, the Commanders then have a home game against the Miami Dolphins on December 3rd. If you are looking to get tickets to a Commanders game, here's how you get the best deal. Download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Uh, 
GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the GameTime guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's Games. A lot of good deals. And the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Also, Game Time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app Create an account and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, now to Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, this is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV area teams. In fact, if you go to crabsports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yes, you get boosted odds with the Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money, money. <laughs> and know this, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers, place your first bet of up to $500, and if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet, so you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money, money. Join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI, so CrabSports.com or the Crab Sports app promo code GALDI. And Crab Sports is working in partnership with a fellow Maryland homegrown business, the Green Turtle, with its free-to-play game. You can win up to $25,000 three times a week, and the free-to-play game is completely free to play. Just submit your picks for Thursday night football, Sunday football, and Monday night football, and depending on how many picks you get right, you will qualify for the $25,000 Green Turtle gift cards and Crab Sports free bets. Crab Sports is awesome, and Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. We have arrived at week 10 of the 2023 college football season, and we have a lot to get to. So let's go. Goldilocks game number one, Maryland 
home to number 11 Penn State Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Terrapins per Crab Sports plus 10 and a half. We this past Tuesday evening had the unveiling of the first college football playoff rankings of the season. Penn State came in at number 11. The Terps are reeling. Three consecutive losses, the last two of which have been to bad teams. The Terps fell to 5-3 and three overall and 2-3 and three in the Big Ten with a 33-27 loss at Northwestern last Saturday afternoon. This was with the Terps coming off a bye, uh, which was off a 27-24 homecoming loss to Illinois on October 14th, uh, the Nittany Lions of Penn State, they are 7-1 and one overall and 4-1 and one in the Big Ten. Their defense is exceptional. Penn State, for this season, as of games through Wednesday, ranked number two in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. And Penn State's offense is solid. Quarterback Drew Aller doesn't have spectacular numbers, but he, for this season, has 16 touchdown passes versus one interception. Uh, Penn State is a lot better than Maryland is. Penn State should win this game, but the Terps season in a lot of ways is on the brink. The Terps 5-0 start to this season. Feels like forever ago. Terps quarterback Talia Tungavailoa needs to play better. Terps pass catchers need to stop dropping passes. And head coach Mike Loxley needs to do a much better job of having his team ready to play. Uh, The Terps really should be ashamed of their performances over the last two games. I would like to think that we on Saturday see at least an inspired effort by the Turtles, who are at home. Uh, Maybe Maryland doesn't win, but a closer than expected game would be nice. Give me Maryland plus 10 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Goldilocks game number two, James Madison at Georgia State. This Saturday afternoon at 3.30, the Dukes for Crab Sports, minus five and a half. JMU is number 23 in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll, but is not in the college football playoff rankings that came out this past Tuesday evening. Why? Uh, Because James Madison is not eligible for a bowl game this season due to the school being in just its second season as an FBS program. I don't like that, but such is the case. Uh, the Dukes improved at 8-0 overall and 5-0 and in the Sunbelt Conference with a 30-27 win over Old Dominion at Bridgeport Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia last Saturday night. Uh, this game was JMU's homecoming game. This was far from a clean game for James Madison, but the Dukes got the win. Uh, the Georgia State Panthers are 6-2 and overall and 3-2 and in the Sunbelt Conference. They're coming off a loss of 44-27 loss at Georgia Southern. Now, two thirds nights ago, October 26th. Georgia State has a really good rushing offense. Panthers running back Marcus Carroll for this season through week nine was number two in the FBS in rushing yards with a 1,060. He also for this season has 12 rushing touchdowns and is averaging 5.38 yards per carry. JMU's defense is good, but it in the win over Old Dominion had trouble stopping the run. ODU running backs Keyshawn Wicks, Kadarius Calloway, and Obisani combined for 34 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. The key to this game is whether James Madison stops or at least contains Carroll. Uh, But Georgia State's defense is not very good, and the Dukes have a terrific quarterback in Jordan McLeod, who for this season through Week 9 was 24th among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS and ESPN's total QBR. The public is heavily on JMU, but I am taking James Madison minus five and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. 
Goldilocks game number three, Virginia Tech at number 13, Louisville, this Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Hokies for Crab Sports, plus 10 and a half. Louisville, number 13 in the college football playoff rankings that came out this past Tuesday evening. This game is the biggest test yet of how legit Virginia Tech's resurgence is. Tech has won three of its last four games. The Hokies improved a 4-4 overall and 3-1 in the ACC with a 38-10 win over Syracuse at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia now two Thursday nights ago, October 26th. The Hokies have been defeating some bad teams, but the Hokies have been playing well both offensively and defensively. Quarterback Kyron Drones, the Baylor transfer, he over the last five games has six touchdown passes versus no interceptions. Tech's rushing offense has been better and the Hokies defense has been tremendous. 15 sacks over the last two games. But now the competition steps up. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals are 7-1 and one overall and 4-1 and one in the ACC. They're coming off a big win, a 23-0 home win over then number 20 Duke last Saturday. Louisville for this season, as of games through Wednesday, was top 20 in the FBS in both offensive and defensive efficiencies per ESPN. Uh, Number 20 in the FBS in offensive efficiency. Number 15 in the FBS in defensive efficiency. Uh, Cardinals running back Jawar Jordan. He, this season, over 110 carries, is averaging 7.49 yards per carry and has 10 rushing touchdowns. The Hokies run defense this season had been atrocious, has been much better lately. Can they, will they do an at least decent job on Jawar Jordan? And will Tech's offense continue its rise? The public is heavily on Louisville. Uh, I like the Hokies plus the points. Yes, give me Virginia Tech plus 10 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number four, Virginia home to Georgia Tech this Saturday afternoon at two. The Cavaliers for Crab Sports minus one and a half. UVA is getting better. Now, the Wahoos did lose last Saturday. They fell to two and six overall and one and three in the ACC with a 29-26 overtime loss at Miami. But UVA for this game was an 18 and a half point underdog per multiple shops. So this was a more than respectable showing and the game came off the Cavs stunning. 31-27 win at then number 10 North Carolina on October 21st. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are 4-4 four and four overall and 3-2 and two in the ACC. They too have defeated North Carolina. The Jackets a big 46-42 homecoming win over then number 17 Carolina last Saturday night. Georgia Tech is very capable offensively, but hideous defensively. The Jackets for this season through games on Wednesday were 101st in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. Uh, Cavs quarterback Tony Musket, the Monmouth transfer, he and that overtime loss at Miami did not have a good game. He hopefully will play better. I like the Who's receiver and Northwestern transfer Malik Washington to have yet another big game. He is having such a good season. He's had at least 97 receiving yards in each of the Who's last seven games. The public is heavily on Georgia Tech as it is UBA that is favored. Uh, That line reeks of begging you to take Georgia Tech. Give me Virginia minus one and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And Goldilocks game number five, Navy at Temple. Saturday afternoon at two, the midshipmen for Crab Sports minus six and a half. Navy is coming off a bye, which was off 
A disappointing loss. The Mids fell to 3-4 overall with a 17-6 loss to then number 22 Air Force at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland on October 21st. But the Temple Owls are really bad. Uh, They are 2-6 overall and 0-4 in the American Athletic Conference, in which Navy is 2-2. If you go by those efficiency stats from ESPN for this season for games through Wednesday, Temple 113th in the FBS in offensive efficiency and 133rd in the FBS in defensive efficiency. Understand there are 133 teams in the FBS. Temple dead last in defensive efficiency. Uh, Give me Navy minus six and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. All right, so your Goldilocks for a busy college football week 10, Maryland plus 10 and a half, James Madison minus five and a half, Virginia Tech plus 10 and a half, Virginia minus one and a half, and Navy minus six and a half. And do not forget, go to crabsports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code GALDI. Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers. Place your first bet of up to $500. And if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win. A second chance to make money money. Well, the Capitals on Thursday night played a game for the first time in four days and got shut out. Uh, the Caps fell to 4-4-1 in this NHL regular season with a 3-0 loss to the New York Islanders at Capital One Arena. Really frustrating game for the Caps. They dominated the puck possession battle and yet got shut out. The Caps had 32 shots on goal to the Islanders' 21. The Caps, per natural stat trick, had 65 five-on-five shot attempts to the Islanders' 36, including 18 five-on-five high-danger shot attempts to the Islanders' 11, but the Caps did not score a goal. Islanders goaltender, former Caps goaltender, Semyon Varlamov stopped all 32 of the shots on goal that he faced. And the Caps starting goaltender, Darcy Kemper, was not good. He stopped just 18 of the 21 shots on goal that he faced. Kemper, in a first period that the Caps lost 2-0, faced just two shots on goal, but stopped neither of them. Uh, This was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Thursday night on how he digests a loss like Thursday night. It's a game in which the Caps' process was good, but actual goal scoring was not. We'll look at a lot of the uh, positive things we did to create that um, from a forecheck standpoint, ozone movement standpoint, and then... um, get back to work on on the same thing that's plagued us um, through nine games of just being able to um, finish in those opportunities, create more havoc, make it more difficult on goaltenders. Um, When we need to find areas to deliver more, uh, more tips, screens, rebounds, second chance opportunities, all those things we'll we'll, uh, continue to hammer home and work on and practice and That'll, uh, that'll be the focus tomorrow. Yeah, the Caps in the game, 0-3 on the power play, 2-2 on the penalty kill. This loss to the Islanders ended 
the Caps' three-game winning streak. Spencer Carberry's post-game presser on Thursday night lasted for about seven minutes. Uh, that's long for a post-game presser in the NHL, at least by Cap standards. Uh, Carberry was frustrated by what's going on with the Caps. Here was some more from what he said about the Caps generating a bunch of shot attempts, but no goals. Yeah, obviously, it's difficult to generate scoring chances, but I, I didn't feel like, gosh, we can't get anything going right now. I felt like we had a lot going, and, and we just, again, we're just not... Um it just hasn't clicked for us yet this year, and now we've. Uh, so we can't keep, like so. The, so the easy solution is this: is all oh, we're getting good looks, all oh, we're doing all these things well, and that's important. And yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's continue to look at those things, emphasize those things, talk about those things. But you can't just keep chalking it up to, oh, at some point we're in game nine, and we're not scoring five on five at all. Okay, so. Why? Like, that's not a small sample size. That's not two games. That's not three games. That's nine games. Um, so other than the New Jersey game, you could say, like, we are not um, finishing, um, finding ways to do all those things that I described at the beginning of um, of tonight, of screen of tips, ugly goals, rebounds, those things. We're not off a guy's shin pads. The first goal that New York scores, I don't know. I'm trying to recall if we have one of those type of goals this year in nine games 27 periods so those are the things that we have to get to and we have to understand we have to do a better job of that so we have to get to work on that yeah spencer carberry not happy during that post-game press conference on thursday night uh this loss for the caps was their first game off center nicholas backstrom on wednesday morning announcing that he has quote decided to take some time and step away from the game end quote. Uh, Connor McMichael was the Caps' third-line center. Hendricks LaPierre was the Caps' fourth-line center. Uh, The Caps this past Sunday morning announced that they had recalled LaPierre from their AHL affiliate, the Hershey Bears. Keep in mind, the Caps also remain without center Nick Dowd due to an upper body injury. Next up for the Caps, home to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Saturday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 693. We'll have a lot for you on the commander's in-depth reaction to and analysis of whatever happens in their game at the New England Patriots this Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Monday show, my thoughts on college football week 10, which includes seven games for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. The two FBS teams of the state of Maryland. Maryland home to number 11 Penn State Saturday afternoon at 3.30 and Navy at Temple Saturday afternoon at 2. And the five FBS teams of the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth. Uh, James Madison at Georgia State Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Virginia Tech at number 13 Louisville Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Virginia home to Georgia Tech Saturday afternoon at 2. Liberty home to Louisiana Tech Saturday evening at 6, and Old Dominion, home to Coastal Carolina, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. And I, on Monday's show, will talk Capitals and Wizards. The Caps are home to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Saturday night at 7. The Wizards are at the Miami Heat, Friday night at 8. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. We played good enough just to entertain folks. We didn't win. So, did they play well? Yes. Did we do enough to win? Absolutely not.